Hi, and welcome to The Jump Stop. This is your host, Daniel, and we have a special guest today, Ian. His Twitter tag is I underscore declare underscore Ian. Hey, how y'all doing? So we're going to start today with the All-Star conversation. Um, the, you know, the reserves were released today. The starters were released about a week ago. I'm really surprised that Vucevic finally made it in. I'm very happy for him. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, honestly, I I thought personally that it was pretty much – I thought it was guaranteed just because, like, I don't know. I'm looking at the East, and I'm thinking, like, who – what other centers are in the East? I feel like Vucevic, he's always been kind of close. But, like, he, he this year he kind of went over the hump. People already started to notice that he was kind of carrying that Magic team. So, I feel like – I mean, who else competed with him? Hassan Whiteside? <laughs> yeah, not really. So. Um, yeah, I, but that's the thing. I mean, yeah, um, I think they're definitely – they can definitely make the playoffs this year. Um, I actually watched his interview with Shams today before this All-Stars thing was released. It was a one-on-one interview. And, you know, he just wants to win. That's all he wants. Um, I don't think he cares that much about money or anything. He just wants to win no matter where. I think that's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was uh, hoping that, I mean, not to to break topic, but I was hoping that Dennis Smith Jr. was going to find his way to the Magic just so Vooch would have some some little scoring help in there. Yeah, Yeah, um, I – I don't know what the Magic need to do, but they need to get a point guard. I still think they should, you know, re-sign Vucevic and kind of develop around him, build around him. Um, I don't – I'm just going to quickly um, reference – I don't understand why they drafted Mo Bamba. They're not playing him much. He was drafted pretty high. Um, if he didn't have such a it, – it just depends where they're going this year, I guess, if they're planning to let uh, Vucevic go into the free agency or – I feel that. Yeah, I think I think maybe what happened was I think that maybe they thought they were going to trade Vucevic, and then he took this, this big jump this year, and then they were like, oh, man. Because, like, last year I could see Mo Bamba was kind of he – was, he was one of the low-key low prospects in the draft. So, yeah, you had Vucevic, but he could also be a trade asset. But after he took this jump, you're almost like, dang, do we really want to trade him? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think they decided on who's going to replace Oladipo yet. No, they uh, um, watched said, uh, it. that it was between D'Lo and Jimmy, right? Yeah, that's what I read too. Um, and then I read somewhere that the usual trend is that Adam Silver, uh, the league commissioner, picks the eighth, like eighth choice by the coaches in the East. Um, so, like, who's the eighth choice on that ballot, pretty much? Mm. And that's usually the trend when he has to pick. He usually picks just the eighth, and that's it. Um, I hope, you know, D'Lo makes it. He's been having a great start, great, great games recently. He's been pretty impressive. For sure. I think, I think... Um, I was actually watching Through the Wire or listening to Through the Wire earlier, and they were talking about how, how recency bias is kind of a thing with the All-Star break. And it's like 
nobody's going to bring up your, your early season stats and be like, oh, well, you did good in October. You know what I mean? So I, I feel yeah. like it definitely means something that D'Lo went on this big run right before the voting went on. And Jimmy Butler's kind of just, you know, he hasn't had to do anything on the Philadelphia 76ers. He just has to be the glue guy, really, over there. And he still hasn't found his fit, um, you know, after 30-something games. He still hasn't quite found what his role is in the team, on the team. For sure. So I feel like um, just that the fact that D'Lo's been playing so great lately, I think puts him definitely higher on most people's list. Yeah, right now I'm looking at the box score for the Nets Spurs. It's halftime. Spurs are leading 52-51. to 51. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is leading with 14 points on the Nets right now. And three assists, three rebounds. Pretty impressive stat line today um, at halftime even. So I'm, I, I hope he gets in if I had to choose. Um, he's also been kind of, with all the injuries that the Nets have been plagued with, he, you know, took, a more, took on more responsibility and started leading the team into the playoffs. For sure. Dang, DeRozan only has two points. Dang, yeah. DeRozan. Um, DeRozan, he wasn't in. He wasn't voted into the. He's not at reserve. It, that that didn't surprise me. I, I I don't think he was a starter. I think he was he was on my list to make it into the reserves, but but there's just so many guards in the I, West. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I I really like DeRozan's style of play. No, I love um, it, especially now that he's on the Spurs. I think the system of the Spurs. Yeah. It's going to help him. He really fits. Yeah. Um, Tobias Harris didn't make it. That surprised me. I thought he was going to make it for sure. I think if they would have stayed up in the, in, the, in the upper tiers of the Western Conference, he definitely would have made it. Even though he's yeah, still playing good, um, they dropped. I feel like maybe they thought they didn't deserve an all-star. Who knows? That's weird. That is weird. Yeah, I mean, they're still the eighth seed right now. It's, you know, he's... He's pretty much been carrying the team. Honestly. Um, they have a lot of um, young players. Um, they're very diverse. They have a lot of old players, young players. But he's been kind of the most consistent force on the team. I, I think he should be in it over um, Marcus Aldridge. To be honest, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Who should be in it? I can agree with that just because I feel like I feel like DeRozan is DeRozan is the better player, but I think Aldridge has just had such a crazy year. I haven't watched a lot of Spurs games, but the games I do watch, he is a he's a bang up center or power forward. He he gets in the paint and he only really faces up whenever he shoots fade. And it's pretty. He's been. What What are his his stats? Do you know? Uh, he has to. Sure. He has to be in the high twenties right because Aldridge has been putting up some numbers on the Spurs this year. I actually think. Yeah, I actually think he has better numbers than DeRozan. Um. Yeah, this season he's been putting up twenty one points. Okay, twenty one. Yeah, um, shooting fifty one percent. Field goal percentage, 8.8 rebounds and 2.6 assists. See, I, I just feel like LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, you, you know what you're getting with him, but it's it's good. That's a good thing almost because it's it's pretty much like 
21 points, 20, 21 to, to 30, anywhere in that range. Yeah, he's consistent. Yeah. Um, that's something a lot of teams are struggling with. Uh, Vucevic said, you know, the only reason that we're not higher is because we're not consistent. We need consistency. I'm trying to compare... Um, I'm trying to compare DeRozan's and LaMarcus Aldridge's stats this season, which is hard to do because they don't play the same position yeah. and have different responsibilities. But One player on the Magic that I'm surprised didn't take the jump this year was Jonathan Isaac. I saw him in the summer league and in the offseason, uh, or the pre, whatever, and he looked great. Yeah, he looked just as good as John Collins does, but he did not take the jump uh, in, the, in the regular season. I I don't know. He today actually um he has 13 rebounds so far. Um that's second for the night nightly leaders for rebounds um you know below Andre mm-hmm. Andre Drummond. I just think his role was kind of diminished um because he kind of has the same style of play as you know get into the paint. Yeah. Um, but I in, in the preseason I swear he was like shooting threes, he was doing more things like like offensively, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, he was. Which I guess makes it. sense. He's he's not playing with you know all of the players. He's, he has a higher role on the in the preseason and stuff. But I mean, I'm looking at his stats and he, he shoots he shoots enough. He just doesn't make his baskets. Yeah, what I'm looking at the Aldridge's and DeRozan stats. Aldridge is averaging eight point eight rebounds. Um, there are Demar is averaging six point two. Aldridge is averaging 2.6 assists, while DeRozan is averaging 6.3, and the points, DeRozan slightly edging him out. Mm. Um, I, I guess it's only because they have more guards, but I think, kind of, I think DeRozan should should have it over Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, but I mean, he's been an all-star enough times, I guess. Both of them have, though. Yeah. I mean, now that you put the stats side by side, I guess, I mean, the only really argument I can find other than, I guess, literally is just there's too many guards in the West. Yeah. Like, even yeah, out. I think he would have had to edge out, like, Damian Lillard. Yeah. Dame has also been carrying. Other than last night. Oh. I'll... CJ McCollum. I exploded. didn't. I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch the game, but I saw something. I didn't see exactly how much he went off of, but I know he had like twenty in the first quarter or something like that. Nine for nine. I'm just, do, hold on. Um, there's a the guard on the Magic, Asaya Briscoe. Um, assuming he's a point guard, he hasn't played that much. I don't think, eleven minutes this year a game. Right now he has. He has quite – he's averaging 1.7 assists a game for the season in those 11 minutes. Right now, he has eight assists. Damn. So, um, maybe if he had eight assists, it's the game's over. But maybe if they play him more instead of DJ Augustine, he could keep up that style of play and maybe develop into the all-star – into the star they want him to be or starting caliber point – Guard. I think how how old is he? Do you know? Let's see. Hold on. Um, he is. I think he's twenty two. Yeah, he he's he's twenty two. 
Yeah, I I don't. Um, he went undrafted. Okay, so he's he's a rookie. Yeah, he, I, he, he played in the G League. I would. I mean, I would assume they're probably they're probably just gonna keep DJ Augustine past his contract. I couldn't imagine them re-signing him, but yeah, I, would, I mean, he's probably a developing a point guard. They need to make a trade for for a point for guard. sure, a hundred percent. I was I was shocked <laughs> they did not go with Dennis Smith Jr. because that was definitely a would have been a good trade for them. But I guess I mean you can't really beat a Porzingis. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that trade. Um, you know, I'm, I was talking to a lot of people, and they were saying, you know, the Knicks got robbed. Um, what do you think about that? You know, I think on the surface, it definitely seems like the Knicks got robbed. And I think if you're if you're grading it, it's definitely a demand. That's because you don't think this is going to come back. You don't know Dennis Smith Jr. is going to. In New York, because I have a I have a theory that the Mavs aren't very good with point guards. Uh, Rick Carlisle, I think, on the offense and doesn't give the point guard enough enough rain in it. So I feel like in New York, New York situations, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be able to grow and probably become like a twenty two four per game scorer. So I feel like yeah, like a short run. If if Porzingis resigns with the Mavs, then I feel like it'll be a Mavs wins the trade thing but if they just gave up Dennis Smith Jr. and didn't let that core build together because if Porzingis leaves that's really it's kind of a bad trade I feel like you have Tim Hardaway Jr. now but yeah but it was more to me I think the Knicks won it just not even considering the Dennis Smith Jr. factor um you know I think their angle is to try to get to be able to offer yeah, two max spots. Um, that was their main angle. I don't think they cared much about Dennis Smith Jr. That was kind of just an incentive. Didn't hurt the Mavs since he was already on the trade block. You know, Hardaway and Lee were on the trade block too. Um, so, you know, they get two uh, max free agent spots. Um, Porzingis didn't want to be there anymore. So they would have probably gotten nothing if they didn't trade him soon. And they got two first-round picks. Yeah. But uh, and I I wanted to mention um the narrative of first round picks, like that they're late does it means they're not worth anything. I think there was a time that meant think, something, but I don't think today is that time. Yeah, I think um you know Chris um Middleton, he was a late second round pick. He's an all star this year. I mean, there's he was, there's a whole bunch. Yeah, Jimmy Butler was the 30th pick in the first round. Um, Capella was like the 26th, 27th. Same with Gobert. So, to me, I don't think any pick is, um, you know, valueless. I think the Knicks, if they get those two first-round picks, um, it, it was a fair trade. For sure. You know, the Mavs didn't lose much. <laughs> to be honest, they, they lost expiring contracts. Which I don't think they were um, going to resign them anyways, unless for a minimum contract. I was confused because yeah. um, the Mavs did they they gave them two first round picks, but what years are those? Are those twenty twenty and twenty twenty one or? I think it's twenty one and twenty. Okay, okay. Because I was thinking like, what if uh, the protection goes this year? Because I don't think they're going to be a 
Or what if they all of a sudden drop to a, what is it, a five protected team? Because because yeah, Dennis Jr. is gone, Porzingis doesn't play for the whole year? Yeah, that's something that was risky on their side. Um, I don't think Porzingis, he, he won't play most likely. Um, and, you know, they lost some key pieces. Um, DeAndre Jordan helped them on the glass. Um, the West could still shoot. So they lost some pieces, but I guess Hardaway and Lee can make up some of those missing aspects. Yeah, I think. But without Porzingis, it's going to be tough. He's definitely going to provide the scoring. But Dennis Hardaway? Jr., I, I looked at his averages earlier, and they were like, uh, no, Dennis Jr., his, his averages, I think, at point this year is like 11.8. And Hardaway has been, he's been filling up like 20-point games consistently this year. I mean, that, those are kind of empty stats on a team that doesn't have a score. But yeah, I think he could put up the 11 points that Dennis Smith Jr. was putting up. So yeah, I think what they're really missing is that center. I don't know. Are they going to play Salah Mejuri for their starting center now? Uh, yeah, they started him today. Um, I think Dwight Powell is doing a better job today, though. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if they were playing him at forward still. Yeah, so they started um, – Clubber and Barnes at forward and oh they do have Kleber Kleber yeah so they started them at forwards and Salah at center um but Dwight Powell Powell played more minutes than Salah he didn't get as many rebound yeah he got four less rebounds so I think on the Knicks side this year what do you think what do you think the Knicks this year was that a good move for them? Are they tanking still? Oh, they're still tanking. <laughs> Especially if they buy out uh, Wes and uh, DeAndre, right? They're they're going yeah. full on tank, going for straight for Zion. Um, even if they don't get Zion, they'll still get a star. They'll get an R.J. Barrett or a Bull Bull. Or, yeah, or Cam Reddish or somebody. Yeah. There's plenty of good prospects high in the draft this year. I think it was a good move because this trade was good as they, you know, they can draft a star player a franchise player kind of from the beginning while signing um, two max free agents, perhaps. There's a lot of free agents out um, this year. It's going to be a big market. Hey, and well. who has the most money for the buyout market? The Knicks. Oh, I thought it was the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was who? The Rockets. I thought it was us. I don't know. I think um, we have like 12 mil or something like that. Or we had it, maybe. We, I don't think, no. After Fareed. What's happening. In Austin. What's ha- yeah, what's happening is, I think we have about 2 million. We have the mid-level tax exception. Um, mid-level exception. Some other things. It's kind of complex. I don't know who, actually who has the highest. But I know, actually, the aspects of the trade that we didn't cover is the Mavericks received a trade exception. It was a huge trade exception. Yeah. Um, it, that one was $12.6 million. So I think that'll help them if they want to make another move this year, perhaps. On the bio market or something? Yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's just, you know, it helps them subtract it from the, from the salaries. So, you know, they're shedding $12 million. It was a good move. 
I think it helps both because if you know the Knicks can get two stars and draft a high level pick, they're contenders. They should be contenders. Yeah, for sure. But you know, knowing the front office of the Knicks, we don't know if that'll be. Yeah, but the coach, um, Fisdale. Oh, I like David Fisdale. Yeah, he's 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 a pretty smart guy. So as long as they keep him, I think they'll be fine next year. Um. What do you think the possibility of uh, if uh, Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan get bought out, they come to the Rockets? I hope so. I also um, hope so. DeAndre Jordan, I'm pretty sure if he gets bought out, he'd probably come here. Yeah, it um, just makes sense. Hometown. Hometown. He has a chance at a championship, although many people say we don't. I still think we do. I think um, with DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews, I think we do. I'm sure, you know, in the next week – Maury's going to pull off some moves for sure. Yeah, see, I never doubt Maury because, you know, there was one year where I thought we weren't making any moves and then we traded our whole team for Chris Paul, so. Yeah, you never know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. But I I think if we get DeAndre Jordan and we need a, you know, a stretch four type of player. A Miritich? I, I think that's a great target, <laughs> um, to be honest. I see, I see him. I was reading a lot of, like, trade target lists, um, you know, on, like, Clutch Points and a bunch of other sites. He's been there. I like him. He's shooting, I think, almost 40% at the three. He can add some height to our team, some length. For sure. Hey, actually, I had brought it up, uh, I think, in the group chat um, that he had uh... – he had tweeted something and it was it said he was from it was from Houston and I went down his tweets and I clicked on all his tweets and his location is never on in any of his tweets. So I was like, that's kind of weird that he turns on his location while he's in Houston. I think it was the one where he says like uh life is good. I think he had just found out he was uh, on the block. And um then somebody had brought up that they all the Pelicans played Houston. I don't know if he was traveling with the team or not, but that that made me think maybe Miritich is trying to come to Houston. He's already in town, hoping yeah. a, a Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris trade gets pulled off. Um, I really hope more. I mean, especially if they trade AD, they're gonna go in um seller mindset. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, one so, player that I think they need to keep is uh, Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. He kind of destroyed us. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was listening to the commentators during that game, and they were kind of pointing at all his great qualities that he can really play in this NBA. He can post up. So they should they should keep him, I think. I think I think he reminds me, and it's a weird comparison, but he kind of reminds me of uh, Ines Cantor. That's I, I don't know. Just I like Cantor. Just because they have like the the bang down in the post, grab the boards, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Cantor shoots some mid range shots here and there, but I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, he's trying to play in the post, but you know, Cantor hasn't even been playing recently. He's also on the trade block. Yeah, especially I, um, I don't know if you saw his tweet whenever they picked up uh, DeAndre Jordan and they said that maybe they might not be buying him out. Ennis Cantor retweeted it and said he gave him like the little eye emojis. Yeah, I saw something that Cantor posted today. I was going through my feed and yeah, he posted some emojis. But 
if he gets bought out um, and they decide to keep DeAndre Jordan, I don't see why they would. I think DeAndre Jordan should want out of the team. Maybe he'd like the lifestyle in New York. That's kind of the only reason. See, I was going uh, down the comments for that, and a, a lot of the, the Knicks fans hate on Ennis Cantor, and I didn't understand why. But as I kept going, I realized that they're just trying to tank. So I feel like you're right. They wouldn't keep DeAndre Jordan just because I feel like he would help them win more games than, than they really want to win right now. But see, that's, you know, um, I just started to tweet today, uh, like an hour ago. It's by Ian Begley. It says, on, we- on Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan, Knicks GM Scott Perry says, the veteran players can help the young Knicks in the remainder of the season. No mention of a buyout. I mean, I get that. I guess uh, DeAndre Jordan's going to mentor, what's his name, uh, Robinson? Robinson, yeah. And uh, Wesley Matthews is going to, I guess, mentor Trier? Trier or Knox or both. Yeah, who knows. But, uh I mean, but, I think the buyout's going to happen. I think they're going to both help them win more games than they want to win for the season. I think they're going to lose their picks or the Cavs. Or... Yeah, um, I definitely think they should get bought out. But, see, the thing I wanted to mention was that Cantor actually retweeted that with a quote, and it said, LOL, and then it was like a thinking face emoji. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny, <laughs> but I don't know. It's It's kind of weird to me. I think I, I think Cantor's yeah. getting traded. I think he has enough trade value that he, he doesn't need to get bought out. The only problem, though, is his contract. Yeah, for sure. He's not going to get traded to a contender if it happens because there's no contenders that, are, that have the money for that. Yeah, it'll be hard to find the trade partner. Um, plus, you know, I, would, I wouldn't go for him to trade. If he gets bought out, I definitely can offer. He can help us rebound. That's about it. Um, we still kind of have the rebounding problem, but I think Fareed solved, you know, 90% of it. For sure. I think uh, he can okay. – he's averaging a double-double, I think, right now. Oh, yeah. For us. I think uh, for sure if we if we didn't have to give up too much for uh, for Cantor, but I think if we're going to do that, I feel like we should go ahead and see how much the Grizzlies are trying to get for Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple. For sure. Um, I think we should make a move for both. Actually, and I also think maybe we should um, attempt to get uh, Cassipi. Oh, really? I was thinking, um, I hate to say it, but when the Grizzlies buy out, if they do, Chandler Parsons. I mean, on a veteran's minimum, I mean, he's a shooter and he's a wing. I mean, he can sit on the end of the bench and give us six points and maybe seven minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if we get nobody else. But I doubt we'll get nobody else. After Fareed and Austin Rivers, I kind of, like, gave up on that idea. Yeah, um, for sure. The I just like Cass, uh, Caspi because he can shoot the three. Um, he, he played with us, I think, only one season. It was in, you know, 2013, 2014. He played 71 games. And... He didn't have as big of a role, I don't think. He he played, let's see, he played 18 minutes and only had seven points a game. Hmm. Um, kind of a letdown there, <laughs> but, you know, this season he's been shooting, from the three, he's been shooting, you know, 35%, which is, you know, average to me. Um, but he can 
score off the bench, I assume. And and he's six nine, he can add some length if we need it. Oh, for sure. My question is do we still think about going after Kent Baysmore? I don't want him. <laughs> I mean, I know everybody I know in all the group chats everybody wants him. I don't want to take on his contract. We've been giving up, I think, too much for him. Um, I think there are better alternatives to him. I think you can convince me if it doesn't have to include Eric Gordon. If we get, if we get. Oh well, we're not. Trading oh, for sure, Gordon. for sure. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris, like, I mean, that's two people we're not playing. They, but they need a pick. They need a first rounder, and his contract's large. That's the only problem I have. His contract's sixteen million. I don't know if it's expiring. It's actually eighteen million um, this year, nineteen million next year. Eighteen million. Yeah, see, that's gonna be hard because we're already, you know, I think like seventy percent of our um, salary caps taken by our three core players of Chris Paul, Harden, and Capella. It's gonna be really hard to if we don't have you know the cap space for that's why we, I think that's why we're trying to go young. We're trying to you know develop house, develop Hardenstein, mm-hmm. develop all these players because hopefully they'll be loyal to us and sign for lower cost deals. I think what we offered house was fair. Um, I think it's fair, it but I me. understand why he did it. It, it. As a Rockets fan, I'm like, come on, dude, like help us out. But I understand what he's yeah. doing. He has been playing like he's he's a top 10 pick. Like if you look at his stats on paper, he's been playing like not like he's he's an undrafted rookie. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, even with that, he he's he would be getting more than a rookie contract. Exactly. Yeah, I feel that. So, and you know, we're kind of the only people that got, gave him a chance. He was cut from the Warriors this year. The year before that, he got cut. He played in the G League. He's still playing technically. In the Didn't G we League. actually cut him before he went to the Warriors in like the like the off season, preseason? I think he played for a preseason team. I don't think so. Um, I think the he went to the training camps with the Warriors. They cut him. Then we had him come in, and we put him in the summer league. Okay. So we were in this. He was in the summer league. I'm pretty sure. I heard a. Uh, and then. Go ahead, sorry. Go, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. Uh, just I think it was your first podcast. You were talking about maybe grabbing Tory Prince if he was available. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm actually looking. I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of you there. I was just typing the stats there to compare. Prince, Bazemore, and Green. Um, you know, uh, Prince's contract, he's still on the rookie contract. And what, he's going to be a restricted free agent take... this year too? I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he's shooting a better three-point percentage than Bazemore, um, slightly less assists, more rebounds. You know, points are about the same. He's younger. I don't know. I feel like he'd just be a better fit for us. And if we happen not to get Prince uh, House, if we happen not to resign House, which I think we will, I think we'll resolve that issue. But Prince can come in and start at small forward for us. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, he can he he can play. Yeah, he can especially play. who are we starting at small forward right now? Is it James Ennis? I think I think we're still doing the air. Oh yeah, lineup. yeah, yeah. That's true. I'm glad we're yeah, not the three guards in us in the starting lineup anymore. I don't know. We need to. We need to. We need to get. I just can't wait for next week when we start making some. 
Um, I'd be real excited to get Prince. You know, he's 6'8". He can shoot the three. He can rebound. He can, you know, um, get assists. That would be a blockbuster trade. For us, that would be a great trade. Like, that would be be an A trade. It'd be a wonderful trade. trade. Yeah. I don't know what – but PC people are hesitant to give anything. I mean, I would probably, you know, trade – I think our first one picks too much, but at the same time, I don't. If he can help us win – and I know people say we need a star um, to win. I still disagree with that narrative. I think if you have good role players, good rotation – you don't need stars to win. I'm going to say it. I know a lot of people who aren't Rockets fans are going to hate this, but I think as long as you have James Harden on the team and he's doing what he's doing, you're going to get to the playoffs. It, you just got to build around James Harden. You don't need another star. You don't need another star. You don't need another star to win a chip. You, you, we just need a better um, rotation. We need a better starting small forward instead of Eric Gordon. Have Eric Gordon come off the bench. I think that's better for everyone. you think there's a chance that the Wizards buy out Trevor Ariza still? I heard that that was a rumor way back when, like maybe a month or two ago. Yeah, I saw that recently too. I don't, I don't see why they would do that. They went through all that. Trouble. Yeah, they traded away Kelly Oubre. That was such a weird trade. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they do that. Man, the Suns, the Suns are such a weird team. Whenever they trade, whenever they uh, they waived Austin Rivers, I was like, thanks for it, but like, why would y'all do that? Y'all been looking for a point guard. Yeah. That was confusing to me. They, I don't think they. I, they still haven't established a point guard. I still. I think they're still playing, um, the Anthony Melton. Yeah. Right now. Hey, I, I I missed the Anthony Melton. I mean, there was one sequence I saw on Twitter that was a pretty bad sequence by him and the whole Suns team and the other team too. <laughs> but uh, the Anthony Melton is a. I think is a gonna be a good point guard. I don't think he's ever gonna be all star level, but he's gonna be a solid starting point guard on some team eventually. Yeah, he's only 20. Um, he started 25 games this season. For sure. I think if, if he had kind of better, a better team, maybe. I'm not sure what's happening with the coach there. I don't think he's making that team work. Yeah. Um, what's his name? I don't remember his name. It's like, it's a weird name. <laughs> um, I think Igor. Igor oh, Kokoskov. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a weird situation to me. I don't know what kind of angle they're playing. They need to make – they have so many forwards. They're logged at forwards. See, I was surprised they didn't get Doncic in the draft. But, see, I, I wasn't because I was looking at all the mock drafts like weeks before, mm. right? And every time they had um, – what was happening is like Doncic goes to the Mavs and then the fifth pick was usually Atlantis in the drafts and – then they just drafted the, uh, they drafted Trey Young, in all the mock drafts that I saw. So, I kind of expected something to like that to happen. I don't. I just think the Hawks kind of. I don't know what their angle is, but, you know, they got a first round pick, and probably the guy they wanted. To be honest, mm-hmm. the, the way I'm seeing, it, I mean, I guess it's, I'm seeing it from the future. Obviously, I mean, you can't go back and change it, but. Um, if they would have got Luka Doncic, there's like two or three centers I can think of that teams would be willing to trade, and that's probably like Nurkic. Uh, I've heard Andre Drummond maybe being shopped around. I don't think Nurkic will. Be I, I don't think he will either. Um, but there's a there's a possibility there just to shed the contract. I think the Trailblazers are just looking for some some way to. I mean, Nurkic is young. That's the only reason you might not 
But yeah, but they're looking for some way to, been, to get better. He's been kind of important to the team. Um, Drummond for sure. I don't. The Pistons are kind of Gasol too. Mid rebuild. Yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I think we want if we make a if we try to get Jermichael Green and you know Garrett Temple or either one of them. I don't think it should be too hard. I think you know they're in a seller's mood, so to say. Um, making Conley, Gasol, Parsons. I don't see why they wouldn't make everybody else available and start full rebuild. Especially because Jermichael's Green's in his thirties already, I believe. I think yeah, I think he's. A, Actually, exactly yeah. thirty. So, so I feel like yeah, you're you're probably on the spot there. I don't think they would keep them. I think Garrett Temple is probably twenty seven, twenty eight. So, yeah, but he he was also he was just a filler in a Sacramento trade. With yeah, the true. Kings. Oh, I that is, that is true. I didn't think about that. I, for some reason, I thought Garrett Temple has just been on the Grizzlies. It's not really a name you think yeah. about too often. Yeah, not really. I don't know. It's it's all been kind of interesting. Um. Do you think Conley's going to be moved, going to be moved? Okay, so the thing I think about with Conley is that, you know, his contract, right? But Yeah, that's huge. When, okay, so whenever I think <laughs> about Max Conley, because he got the Max, what was it, uh, two years ago? That was, that was, he had, like, the highest contract in the league at the time. Uh, I, I'm really? not sure if that's 100%, that. but he was one of the highest paid players for a while, or definitely one of the most overplayed, people would say. I mean, overpaid, I mean. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I think there's bigger contracts in the league. I feel like 25 horrible. I feel like for a king, for a team like the Kings, the Magic, um, Phoenix, if they're, they're trying to contend, if Devin Booker gets too frustrated and they really need to contend soon, I think a TJ Warren for Mike Conley and some fillers just to make the contracts work might, might tilt it. Yeah, Mike Conley is getting paid thirty, oh, 30 million. million. Oh, 30.5 million. It's huge. I thought it was twenty five. Did it start at twenty five and go up to thirty right now or what? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. I I thought it was about twenty three. But it says, you know, thirty point five three years. I don't know. It's his story's pretty sad to me. He's been stuck on the Grizzlies for some reason. Yeah. Just And he's already thirty one. He's already you know, he's already going to be start. He's going to start declining. Yeah, just about as sad as Marcus Gasol's story. I, I think Marcus Gasol should have been gone last year whenever they were tanking. Yeah. And then, and then I don't know what Conley they're trying. Healed. The Grizzlies are. Yeah, the Grizzlies are trying to move. You know, Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, and Chandler Parsons, and those contracts come out to almost eighty million total. Those three contracts. That's ridiculous. It's a huge amount. You know, Parsons hasn't played this whole season. I'm pretty sure. Um, hey, but he played last year and he did pretty not, good. I remember for a good stretch before he got injured again. Yeah, I don't know. It's just he's just he's too injury prone. Like way yeah. too injury prone. Well, yeah, but I don't know. People are still talking. I know about Kevin Love and the Rockets. I think I heard something about um, the Cavs saying that he was untouchable now. Yeah, I read that too. I read that they're not planning to trade him, which at all. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I actually I think I talked about this on the second podcast as well. Um, it didn't make sense either. You know, if they're in a tanking mode, they're trying to develop their youth. Why would they keep a you know a veteran on the team and overpaid 
veteran at this point on the Man, team. I think maybe they're 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 shooting a Hail Mary thinking that Zion will push him over the the Eastern Conference eight seat. Because that's that's I think maybe. Chicago New York and Cleveland are all in the same boat where they're just like, man, if we get Zion, it could just turn our whole franchise around. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I actually just tried to trade. I don't know how much you – I don't know how much the Grizzlies want to do this because Knight's contract is two years. That's the only problem, so to say. Um, I, you know, on some places it says one, but it's actually two. So it might be hard to move him, but we could do something like Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green for Knight and Nene and a pick from our side to them to sweeten the deal because they're taking on two 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 year contracts. That seems like um, what do you think? That seems like a reasonable trade. I would try to. I would. I think I would try to throw Marquise Chris in there. I think I already heard that he's spec or speculating that he might want to want to trade out. Yeah, he he yeah, he's pretty much said I want to be traded. Yeah, so so I feel like I feel like maybe instead of Nene you go with with uh Marquise Chris, but I don't know if the contracts match up there. I'm actually about to Oh, what we could do is what we could do is um we could try to make a move. We'd actually split it into two separate play uh trades because Justin Holiday, um he was to me, kind of a trade target that we wanted. Yeah, and he can be traded um, for right before the deadline, right? He can be traded, but the only problem is he can't be traded in a, like uh, with multiple players. Okay. Um, but we can split that up. I don't think teams would mind uh, the Grizzlies. But so I mean, if we do something like Chris and Knight for Temple Green and Holiday from Tampa, and we throw in maybe a first round pick, I don't see why not. I do that. I agree. Uh, See, this you know, is, I think we could trade uh, Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris for Garrett Temple and Michael Green instead of throwing in Nene. I don't really have a preference with Chris or Nene, honestly, but... I think I don't think we need them anymore. I don't think they're going to be seeing much playing time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it matters regardless, but I, I think if Chris yeah. wants, a, wants a way out, I feel like you might as well give him a way out. It gives... Maybe instead of having to throw in a pick, the Grizzlies see some kind of value in Chris because he's young. Who knows? And athletic. I I just think he's found the the right place. He was doing pretty well in Phoenix. Um, I know that. Man, I've seen some painful footage with Chris, like missing like passes and then like missing layups. Like, yeah. man, I'm tired of Chris to be honest. I don't know. He, Him and James Ennis. On the on the Suns on his rookie season, he was 19. He played, you know, all 82 games. He had he averaged nine points, almost a steal, almost an assist, four point two rebounds. You know, sixty percent uh, free throw. I mean, he was he was what you'd expect for for a first round pick. Um, I just don't think he's really found that that team that would help him develop all the for way. For sure, uh, I can't uh, even think Rockets. of a team that maybe might be that team. San Antonio, maybe. I don't know. I don't think. I think San Antonio's right now is um, going to be focusing on DeRozan, uh, uh, Jacob uh, Poletto. Poletto. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? 
Yeah. I mean, um, but I think Tim and Duncan is still involved with the team. I think he still comes into practices and, and I think Chris could could fill that Tim Duncan role just a little bit maybe with Popovich as the coach. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But he yeah, he just needs a mentor and the right team and a right coach. That's yeah. all he needs. Maybe through that. Hopefully I mean I'd rather have him traded than kind of so to say be a team cancer. I'm sure he's not making a big deal out of it. But it doesn't help our locker room for oh, sure. Knowing that somebody yeah, wants out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially uh, towards the beginning of the year, whenever we were losing a lot, and Eric Gordon was saying like it's different this year and it's not fun to play. I was starting to get a little worried, man. I was like, they're getting tired of each other. It's a game over. Everybody's separating. Yeah. yeah. Um. I actually didn't mind trading Gordon at the beginning of the season. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Right now, with I know this might seem a little like a weird point, but all his clutch shots, you know, he's been taking a couple of them, winning the games, tying the games, etc. Um, I don't want to trade him anymore. I feel that. No, I feel that. I was I was actually in San Antonio when they were playing the Lakers, and I was at a restaurant mm-hmm. watching the game, and I was like shouting in the restaurant because Eric Gordon was just making he he just hit so many clutch shots that game it was ridiculous yeah I mean and I was definitely pro trade Eric Gordon I love Eric Gordon but when it was coming to Jimmy Butler I was like there's no question about it okay let me uh, let's move on to I want to just quickly not quickly but this is bothering me um the AD situation Anthony Davis um, let's start with the Rockets aspect. Would you trade Clint Capella and, you know, Eric Gordon and picks for Anthony Davis? Would I? 100% no doubt in my mind. And I love Clint Capella and I love Eric Gordon just because it's Anthony Davis. But if I'm the Pelicans, do I take Clint Capella and Eric Gordon? Maybe not. That's That's the only thing is that I feel like there's a couple more teams that could offer a little bit better. The only reason I think that we have any say in it at all is because we're willing to give up so many first-round picks. For sure. I don't know. I just feel like that'd be – I don't know. It's kind of risky to me because he'll only stay here, you know, this season, next season. I doubt we'll Maybe. If him. we win the ring, he might, he might decide. Yeah, it's a it's a big risk a big considering risk, how many sure. assets we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose a five year contract, a cheap five year contract, relatively cheap to his um contributions to the team. Uh Capella's really I think vital. He makes up the core. I don't know. I, it's Okay, if we could if we could add Brandon Knight on our side and get Miritich back, would you do it? For okay. sure. Because, okay, I, I also heard, what, I, I saw a report, I don't know if it was wise, so I don't know if it's very reputable, but I saw that they are gauging interest in Drew Holiday now, which, I mean, I think just means that they're totally blowing it up. I think Julius Randle's probably staying around, and that's probably it. Jaleel Okafor, too. I, I don't know. I was reading that, um, in, you know, maybe not now, but a month or two ago that Randle, that they want to trade Randle because they only have him on a one-year contract right now. And he's been playing so well that a contender might give up some picks for him. Okay, that makes sense. 
I mean, they might just um, blow it all the way up. They could get they, I mean, with with the pieces sure. they have, they could get a lot of first round picks. Yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of Holiday. Um, he's a great player. Uh-huh. And I had a I had a trade I had a trade that was very unlikely to happen, but it was a fun like three team trade that the Rockets could uh, could hopefully jump into. I think with the Anthony Davis and Lakers situation, where I think like we ended up getting mm-hmm. like Brandon Ingram or something like that. But um, yeah, realistically, if if Lonzo Ball doesn't go to the Pelicans, do you think? Like if Lonzo Ball expresses that he does not want to play in the Pelic or in, in New Orleans, do you think that they keep AD and wait for Boston, or do you think they go to like the Raptors? You know, it's I feel like an unexpected team will grab him. I, you know, today the the whole story. I don't know if you're keeping up, but there was like you know the whole day the Lakers aren't picking up the phone. They're the Pelican, I mean, the Pelicans aren't picking up the phone with the Lakers calling. Yeah, I saw that. I also saw um, that, that he did end up picking up the phone. But Yeah, so that, all of that, you know, drama, it was like the whole day. And then, you know, later in the evening, he finally picked up the phone. And, you know, uh, Magic Johnson said, he, he said, you know, the potential trade would include, it included a lot. I think it included Kuzma, Alonzo, um, Zubak, and a first-round pick, and Ingram, I think. So it's like their whole core and a first-round pick. For sure. I mean, the only thing um, that I think about that trade is that if Lonzo doesn't want to play in New Orleans, it doesn't normally matter what a what a sophomore player thinks about the place that he is playing in if he's still on his rookie deal, you know what I mean? But the fact that Lonzo yeah. Ball and LeVar Ball have such a stranglehold on the media and everything, I think if Lonzo doesn't want to be there, it's going to be well-known and it's going to be probably a cancerous thing to the team. So I feel like the Pelicans might not yeah. even – they want Lonzo Ball, and if he doesn't want to be there, I don't know if they go through with the trade if they can get a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown. I don't – I don't know. It's it's all very confusing to me that, you know, the whole Kyrie, if he's staying, if he's not, it's all kind of like one big game. That's what I wanted them. to talk about. Uh, for the I wanted to ask you, okay, so did you watch the last night's game? I mean, it was against the Charlotte Hornets, but the Boston Celtics-Charlotte Hornets game. I have I didn't watch well, it. Well, no. um, in that game, I feel like I feel like the Boston Celtics just have so much better ball movement and playmaking when Kyrie is not on the floor. Yeah. Not on the floor. And that's that's blasphemous to say. I don't really have any stats or inner facts backing it up, but what they finished the game with like 145 points yet last night. Oh, for real. And the Boston Celtics, if I'm if I if my memory serves, are a pretty low scoring team. They're pretty grinded out and and I think that I think the Kyrie is an ISO player and I think that that if they got rid of Kyrie, what if they did a Kyrie for Anthony Davis straight up trade? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, why not just do that? Um put Kyrie, maybe throw in a pick or something. Seems a lot easier to me. Because, um, you know, they get they get a franchise player. The Pelicans get a franchise player back. Because I think I think Celtics knows that Kyrie is the superior player, and I think that that messes with everybody on the Celtics. Because whenever you see Rozier, Jalen Brown, and Tatum on the floor together, 
they share the ball pretty much equally. But whenever Kyrie's on the floor, you could have Jay or you could have Jalen Brown, not Jason Tatum, because he pretty much gets the ball as pretty. But you could have Jalen Brown in the corner open, and if Terry Rozier turns around and sees Kyrie open, or not open, but he's in a pickle, like let's say he gets double teamed, Jalen Brown's open in the corner. He's gonna turn around and toss it to Kyrie just because Kyrie is the best player on the court. You get the ball to the open person. Yeah. But I feel like when Kyrie's not on the court and Terry Rozier doesn't have bad judgment i feel like he can actually get out of the double team and see jalen brown open in the corner whenever there's not a player that he knows he has to pass it to i actually in the beginning of the season i um before the whole austin rivers and i wanted us to trade for i also did yeah i i I mean just a little bit it doesn't make sense anymore but i just a little bit i still want us to trade for rosier yeah i mean it, it won't you know make anything worse, it won't be bad, but I think I thought he would have been, you know, a great fit with us. Um, I don't know, it's all just, you know, all this, we're finally getting to the, the juicy part, so I would say, of the trade. Um, you know, the whole AD scandal, those 50,000, which is like 0.2%, I think, of his oh, salary yeah. this year. For Rich Paul <laughs> um, uh, requesting the trade. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to pressure the media and they're trying to pressure the, the Pelicans into trading him. Yeah. Um, um, I, did you see that tweet that was like, uh, I think it was the person who made the, uh, the, the fake LeBron tweets where he's like, like the sweater, uh, see you Laker, stuff like that. Oh, but yeah, he, yeah, he made I another one that was like a Venmo one and it was uh, LeBron's uh, to Anthony Davis and saying like, <laughs> stay cool. I didn't see that. That's kind of funny, though. But, uh, no, yeah, I don't think that matters at all. I think Anthony Davis probably handed that over like like it was three dimes and a, and a penny. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. Um, it, the Pelicans have by far been my most disappointing team this season. Oh, for sure. Pelicans or I would say Utah, but Utah's picking it up. Yeah, but definitely probably the Pelicans, especially after they they made such quick work of Portland in the playoffs last year, just to come back and do this. Even after they got Randall, I thought they were going to be a way better team. I don't know what's happening. I mean, they have the they have the players, and they have it's a the coach. bench. They it's have... the depth, a hundred percent. Who's their best player coming off the bench? I'm... Solomon Hill, Alfred Payton. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Randall. Oh, he does. That's bench. right. Oh, in the oh yeah, because Miritich has been hurt for so long. He's been starting in his place. Okay, that yeah. But after yeah. Randall, you got Solomon well, Hill. You got Jaleel Okafor. You got Alfred Payton. Like no nobody on their bench really I scores guess. other than uh, Julius Randall. But that's kind of the same. That's kind of the same thing with our team. We don't have the best bench at all by far. That's that's kind of the argument I use. I know it's not a fair argument, but that's the argument I use. For MVP race, which seems better if you take away their star players, you know, the Thunder or the Rockets or the Bucks or the Rockets? For sure. You know, if you, take, if you take away their star players, I'm pretty sure we'd have the worst team. The only thing I can think to debate against that would be that whenever we're healthy, we stagger minutes. So when the bench comes on, normally Chris Paul runs with the bench and we really never have a straight bench lineup on the, on the floor, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the only reason that our bench depth is kind of hidden. And and you have Gerald Green coming up, 
really our spark plug and Austin Rivers now. But Fareed. Oh yeah, Fareed. I forget about him right now. That's the only reason. Well, he yeah. started. He hasn't though. really been on our bench yeah. this season yet. But whenever he's on the bench with Austin Rivers and uh, and Daniel House, hopefully, um, or Daniel House in the starting lineup, actually. Um, that oh, would. That's, I feel like that team takes Golden State to to seven, maybe six, but I don't think we win. I I, I want us to win, but Golden State's just too too strong. I don't know. I, I still think we I have think a we chance. I think we have a chance, um, but long if as, I'm putting my money long on as somebody, we, sadly. Yeah, I, I think we have, you know, between – this might be kind of outrageous, but between a 30 and 50% chance of winning um, this season. I would agree with that. And that's, a, that's kind of assuming that we'll still make moves. I mean, that's – I'm not even going to doubt. We're going to make at least, you know, some moves – even with this roster, I'm pretty sure we could get pretty far once we have a healthy team. Once we have, we haven't had a full healthy team since for what a while. the first game. We haven't had, yeah, you know, uh, Capella, Gordon, Chris Paul. Not like we. I don't think we've had many games where they were all healthy. If we have that, we'd be much more dominant than we are now. We we're just lacking health. That was that's our biggest problem this year. So I wanted to run this by you because I had um, seen this under some post where it was a Philadelphia fan, which I never um, thinking that they should trade Joel Embiid for Anthony Davis straight up, which they would need some contract fillers. I think Joel's still on his rookie contract, but or he might not be. I'm not sure. I I was reading that they actually wanted to. Um... That if Philadelphia goes for it, they trade Ben Simmons. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I saw. Um, I think Philadelphia I wins the sweepstakes if they do that. I mean, I don't know why they would, but I, they they win with Ben Simmons. Trade. Yeah, I don't think they should. I don't think they should try to make a move for AD. Um, they have, you know, they have three stars right now. Um, I don't see why they, you know, kind of experiment with that. They've already experimented with Butler. Um, to me, it doesn't make sense to them to make a move for Anthony Davis. And, you know, this Anthony Davis trade, the Pelicans and the Lakers and all that, you know that the, the rumor was that uh, that the Knicks were trying to call and see if maybe they wanted Porzingis, the Pelicans did? And I think yeah, that's, I think I that's why that. Porzingis and the, and the Knicks met today, and I think that's why Porzingis requested a trade is because he heard he was on the block. Yeah, that he's being shot. So, so I think just because Anthony Davis is being traded, he basically forced the Knicks to give up their franchise player for Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, I was. I read today also um, after kind of the Mavericks trade was announced that um, the trade was picking up steam yesterday evening. Oh, really? And that's kind of why um, there were such like Doncic was such so friendly with uh, Chris with Porzingis. Um, that the Mavericks kind of knew. And, you know, if you look at, like, some of the – before the game, you know, or after the game, like, when they were, you know, meeting, kind of, you know, the the socialization part where they say hi, mm-hmm. they had a big smile on their face. Yeah, I think I saw that. I think some – Yeah. Um, so – Starting shooting guard now. Is it going to be Wesley Matthews if they keep him, or is it going to be Alonzo Trier? 
Oh, GM. Yeah, I think so too. I think they rookies now. I think they yeah. start uh, Robinson, they start Trier, they start Dennis Smith Jr., and they just let them develop for a year. Yeah, for sure. Um, he he's a hidden gem, uh, Trier. An unexpected hidden gem. I'm I'm really jealous of the Knicks. Um, at least they did something right, I guess. <laughs> On accident, I think. Yeah, but you know, with this new coach, um, with Fisdale, I think things will start going their direction over the next couple of years. I'm hoping that you know Matthews gets by that, and that he's not satisfied with his role. He doesn't want to be on a losing team. Or the other way that the Knicks say, okay, you're helping us when we don't want you. Either way, I hope they get bought out. I hope they sign with us. Um, then we'll have a real, real uh, big chance of beating Golden State. For sure. Yeah, the, the bio market is, is going to be crazy this year. Yeah. I'm glad we got rid of Carmelo. I don't know what you think, but right now, I think we still have that open roster spot. Yeah, we do. Yeah, um, we, we got rid of Car- Carmelo and Nanali, and then we got Torian Prince. Yeah. So we still have that open spot. It's probably gonna go to uh to to one of the the three or four trades we've we've said the Memphis trade or the possibly Tory and Prince, possibly Mirtich. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential um, ideas. I'm sure one of them will manifest and and develop, and will be quite good. Oh, um, random, random trade. But if we can maybe think to get a Costas Antetokounmpo from the Mavericks who never plays, do we do we try to do that for some wing help? I don't know. That's kind of I've never been asked that. <laughs> I've never thought about that either. I don't know much about him to be honest. Um, pretty much the only thing I know is he was pretty sure the last draft pick. And yeah, exactly. Brother with uh, yeah, but Giannis. see, that's that's all I know too is that his brother is Giannis, and that's all I think I need to know. Yeah, he, he, I, he there's no stats on him. Like, I think he, he might be able to find some some preseason oh, yeah. stats. He, I think he's probably played a minute or two here and there. I, I can't find anything. I found, I found college. I mean, in college, you know, I don't know. In college, he wasn't that impressive. Um, he played 29 games. In those 29 games, he had 83 rebounds, 13 assists, and s- how many points? Here, minutes per, you know, minutes per game, 15.1, 5.2 points, 2.9 rebounds, and 0.4 assists. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't... I wouldn't even trade a second round pick for that. I <laughs> see. I was thinking I would. I would trade a second round pick just to try and get in on the project. If he can be even halfway Jonas's, I'm I'm in for it. I see what you mean. Like it kind of runs in the family. Because um, I heard the youngest. There's another one. brother. Yeah, I was about to say. I heard the youngest one is the. He's apparently a three point sniper, and he's built like Jonas. Thanis. The nicest. Oh, wow. He's 26. Wow. And he's really... I'm confused. I've never seen him play. He's not in the league, I don't think, anymore. He was drafted in 2015 or 2016. 2015. 
and they played two games. No, the youngest one is Alex, and that's the one. He's a, he's a point guard. He's like a seven-two point guard or something like that. Yeah, seven-two and growing wingspan. He's basically just just a just a seven-two guard. He's huge. Yeah, sounds like big guy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, youngest brother Alex. How how old is how old is he? I mean, it looks. I think I saw a high school jersey, so he's probably seventeen, eighteen. Fifteen years oh old. Oh my goodness! Seven foot two wingspan at fifteen years old. So it might take a while for him to join. <laughs> To join the family business. So 34 points, um, December 23rd. That's not, I mean, that's really not impressive in high school. I mean, LaMelo scored, what was it, like 100 points or something like that? That's a lot of points. But, you know, I don't know. High school, each high school is different. Each um, district is different. Yeah. High school's a little hard to go that's off why, of. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. You can't really judge it because it's like you don't really know the competition at all. Yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting. He'd probably only stay in college a year and then go to the NBA. A player I would say to look out for for DeAndre Jordan, who's going to battle with us. DeAndre Jordan and uh, Wesley Matthews, probably Philadelphia. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I the only reason I think we get them over Philly is if he has that um home city loyalty. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely DeAndre Jordan. I think DeAndre Jordan, if he's picking, I think he's coming to the Rockets. But I don't know about Wesley Matthews. Yeah, Matthews is kind of a wild card. I feel like I feel like m- maybe he might go to Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City is just looking for shooters. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I also read that, you know, the Jazz kind of are interested. Oh. Um, they're trying to collect shooters, too. I think, know, Kyle uh, Korver. I think if we can't get Miritich, the Jazz should go after Miritich. I think more after Miritich, um, no matter oh, what. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. I think Miritich, everybody's sleeping on Miritich. The, the games he played at the beginning of the season made me think that he, if he would have kept playing, man, he might have been in the talk to be a, a reserve for All-Star. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, it's all really, really interesting. All this, all these things that are happening. I think, I think we'll get you know some you know we'll get a lengthy forward, which is what we want, what we need right now, before the trade trade deadline. The only problem I think it's not really a problem, but if we get you know Capella and uh, Jordan, I don't know what we're gonna do yeah, with Kenneth Reed because he's not gonna get playing time. He's not going to get playing time. See, um, I, I saw you talk about that in the group chat, and so I kind of already prepared like a little a little statement about that. But I think maybe um, you have DeAndre Jordan and Kenneth Fareed splitting minutes off the bench, which sounds a little funny. But, you know, there's just some teams you'd rather play DeAndre Jordan against and some teams you'd rather play Kenneth Fareed against. You know what I mean? There's some teams you want a small lineup and there's some teams you don't want a small lineup with. So I feel like that just gives us the versatility to to go big if we need to and go small if we need to. Yeah, 
That's one way. I think both of them don't care. I think both of them are in it to win. And I think, I mean, definitely Kenneth Fareed might not resign because he's looking for minutes. But I yeah. almost yeah. would rather have DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench. I love Kenneth Fareed, but DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench, I mean, he's a starting caliber center for sure. Yeah, exactly. He's already that's, an established that's, that's, uh, player. And I don't know, I don't know how he'd handle um, coming off the bench. If somebody offers him, you know, the starting role, I don't know what teams have weak centers. I'm trying to think. Well, whenever but... he uh, whenever he was gonna get traded off the Clippers, didn't he request to be traded to Houston? I don't know. That's he, it was such a group chat. I know that. Um, That's, like yeah. That. So I think I think if he was already wanting to come to Houston, I think he already knew he was gonna be coming off the bench. There's no way he's gonna be starting over Capella. Yeah, for sure. So um, I feel like I feel like in the back of his mind he knows that. I think he might want to just come play with CP again, get a ring, hopefully get a ring. Yeah, CP3 deserves the ring. I don't even know what to say. Hey, and if we get the ring this year, Carmelo gets it too. <laughs> I said that. I said that in the group chat earlier. He he stayed with the team longer than half the season. I think that's why we kept him for so long because he literally played no games for like twenty games, maybe even more, thirty, forty. Yeah, no, but no, maybe not forty, but thirty-five, maybe. No, he he played he. He played like five games. That's what I'm saying, yeah. So I mean, but yeah. he stayed probably till about the forty second, forty third game before we released him. Yeah, I think it was just to be honest. I think it was just hard to find the trading partner for him. Um, you know, the Bulls did the same thing with what was his name? Who did we? I already forgot him. Michael Carter Williams. Oh my! We didn't we just wave Michael Carter Williams? Did we trade him? We trade. We did the same thing we did with Carmelo. We gave him to the Bulls, and then they and then they and we them. gave them cash, and they wasted. Uh, and it was kind of like a win-win. We shedded some cap space, and they kind of made some money. That's just um, that's just weird. I feel like the Bulls probably should have kept Michael Carter Williams and just embraced the tank, right? But because uh, <laughs> definitely, Mike, after having him on our team for a year, he would have definitely helped you tank. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was. To be honest, I didn't mind, you know, the Michael Carter Williams signing um, in the off season. Um, I just, I just have a lot of trust in uh, Maury. No, well. I did too. Honestly, whenever we signed him, I was like Michael Carter Williams, but I was like, you know, maybe he sees something in him. Maybe, maybe, maybe we turned his career around with Houston. It's, it's happened before. Yeah. Well, I- honestly, I think we're so good at reviving careers. I see. That's exactly what I think. So I thought he was gonna come and maybe drop 10, 10 points a game. Same with Chris. I thought we would be able to revive his, but he hasn't been playing at all. Um, we, he's kind of been overshadowed. And realistically, do um, I think this year, I think um, James Ennis, Marquise Chris, and Ma- Michael Carter-Williams, I think those are the only three like bad signings or trades that we've made in like three years at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, you can argue that trading away all the people we did for for Chris Paul Chris was Paul. bad. Yeah, that's the only thing. But, I mean, it depends. Um, to me, if we don't win a championship in the next couple of years, I'd be kind of mad. But it's not the end of the world. Okay, um, so I think we should have traded Eric Gordon in that trade instead. I think if we had um, Lou Will last year in the playoffs, I think we might have won the championship without Chris Paul. 
think so. Yeah, I think Lou Will was just way more consistent. He was crazy. With his first game on, where he just got a jersey, didn't even know the playbook, and he dropped like 35. After that, yeah. I was on – I was that's my that's my dude, sweet Lou. <laughs> Chris – if only Chris Paul didn't get injured. Um, a lot of people still say that they would have – the Warriors would have won. I don't see that happening. I think we would have gotten past them. Man, I don't even like to talk about the playoffs, to be honest with you. <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty painful watching Chris Paul go down and then watching – like, why'd you go after that ball? Watching all the chucking threes and then watching the, the 27. I know everybody loves to talk about, which we're technically not even 27 because the, 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 ground, the ground fouls that were called on James Harden shots. Yeah. But uh, even the moving screens, I don't like to talk about that playoffs. That was, that was an ugly playoffs for us. And then people will come and tell us that James Harden is, is crying for fouls, but... I don't know. I, I, I hate that narrative that, you know, I don't know why people are so mad that he is getting fouled. I mean, I can, I, I can let people be mad because I like to let people have their own opinion. But if he was on your favorite team, you wouldn't care. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't think that fouling is a problem. Um, if, I know sometimes he literally jumps into a player. I mean, I think we've all seen that. Yeah, but you could you could also say that the last game in the Jazz playoffs where Paul George didn't get that call, he jumped into Donovan Mitchell or no, it was Joe Ingles. He jumped into him. But I mean, that, every player does that. That's just a. I mean, that's a smart. But Harden doesn't the smart best. move. Yeah, for sure. But it's a smart so, move. It's an art. Yeah, that's the thing. And then you know he gets to the free throw line and scores points and helps us get the win. However, you score points, that's what gets us the win. See, my, getting more points than the other team. My favorite argument when people talk about the fouls is that. Kobe Bryant himself used to say that he he read the the referee's playbook and yeah. and studied how to how to finesse it a little bit just because like it, it's it helps it helps to get points like you said but not even just that if the team is on a is on a ten zero run and they have all the momentum it's nice to slow down the game every once in a while and get a couple fouls yeah for sure for sure but it's also bit us it's also bit us nobody really talks about it but sometimes we slow down the games at the wrong times and. Uh, and it, it turns into a lot of turnovers. So you got Eric Gordon and and uh, Kenneth Fareed hustling still, and James Harden and PJ Tucker like you know coasting, trying to calm the tempo. Yeah, the last two minutes of the recent games, you know, the close games have been <laughs> devastating. Um, I didn't finish the Pelicans game; I had to go, but. You know the Knicks game and some games before that. Yeah, the Raptors the game. The man, minutes. I was actually at yeah. that Raptors game, and you were at it. yeah, it was uh, it was pretty disappointing. I thought we were actually gonna lose, um, but thankfully we didn't. Yeah, I mean, just the last few minutes of those games, like we're so kind of reckless with the ball. Um, we don't treat it with enough respect in those two minutes. I don't think we cause so many turnovers and cause so many opposing teams to go on a run it's a problem for sure and I think another thing that happens is we don't have enough movement on offense when James Harden gets double teamed I feel like James Harden's looking for a cutter but they're just staying on the three-point line which I mean is our is our style but but they have to get clear on that if they're looking for for three-point shooters off the double team or if they're looking for cutters off the double team or like what you know what I mean because 
Because it's it, a lot of the turnovers are on off double teams, I believe, on Harden. Yeah. Or they're just you know picked off fast break passes. Um, one last thing before we go, the in the Rising Star challenges, um, there's the guy named I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's on the Nets, Rodionos Kurkus. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about, but I also don't know how to pronounce his name. You know, right now, today, today, he has, you know, he 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 was uh, round two, pick 40. But right right now, he has 10 rebounds, nine points. Pretty much a double-double right now. Um, Rudion's Kurucz, right? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's even how you pronounce his name. I don't know either, but... The fact that he's been, he can, he's in the Rising Star Challenges. I don't even hear his name. Yeah, what's until, what's funny until... is that that now that you mention it, I didn't even look at that Rising Star uh, roster. And if you would have not mentioned it, I would have seen him on the court during the Rising Star Challenge and been like, "Who is this man?" Yeah. Because I, I watched the, the Nets game, but to be honest with you, I'm I'm always looking at Joe Harris. I was hoping the Nets would be bad so that they would buy him out because I, I I like the idea of Joe Harris on the Rockets, but definitely not yeah. crew I mean, coach. I he's only 20 years old. He's six nine. He, I think he was picked at 40 this year, last year technically. Um, but the way he's playing. Um, in hindsight, I think he would have been a good if we moved up in the draft slightly. Um, he would have been a good pick for us to play in the small forward. He's a small forward. He's a lengthy small forward who can rebound. That's kind of what we're missing right now. Yeah. I don't know what we did with our draft picks. I thought Vince Edwards was going to be pretty good. I haven't seen Vince Edwards all season. Yeah. Um I don't. I just don't think they want to risk it for some reason. I think I Gary why. Clark. I don't know why we aren't playing Gary Clark more. Yeah, there's all these. I don't know what's happening, but um, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to. I honestly have no idea what they're trying to do. I don't know why we haven't resigned D- Daniel House. Daniel House. What was it? Uh, was it Scrooston? I think. Uh, in the group chat, he had that greenhouse effect that he had created. Yeah. And that, that greenhouse effect uh, was they, like the best plus-minus duo in the NBA, not even off the bench or off whatever. It's in the NBA. They had the best duo as a plus-minus. No, for sure. I mean, That stat alone were... should bring Daniel House back on the Rockets. The only problem is we're – I don't think we should give him the one-year contract. I don't think we should. No, I think we should try to compromise for a two-year. I don't – as long as it's more than one year, I'm fine. Um, I still think what we offer is fair. I see where both sides are coming from. But as a franchise, we can't, you know, set the precedent that we're giving into every player. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, for sure. And then the whole house thing that I don't think he's going to get more on the free agent market. I don't see it. But, you know, he has the right to think he, he can, regardless if he will. I think if he goes to the buyout or to the, to the free agency market, I could see a team giving him, like a team like Sacramento, I could see giving him like six mil a year. I don't know. That's kind of only because oh, they uh... got they got. Oh, actually, not Sacramento. Let me let me rephrase that or change that. I could see a team like 
and not looking at caps, but like Utah, like a smaller market, go after yeah. go after him. Brooklyn, maybe. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at the net score. I think I think they are about to lose. Um, it's like a really close game. I don't know what you think right now. I just I want to see it. It's like four seconds left. Oh yeah, one fourteen, one fifteen. Yeah, it's probably Nets timeout. So <sighs> nervous. Where's the play-by-play? Yeah, but they, you know, they've had um, Demar Carroll stepped up today. There, Joe Harris stepped up. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Russell has been playing good. How much did uh, how much did DeRozan end up with? Fifteen, ten, and four. That was pretty good. Yeah, Derek White. I was surprised by how many points he had. And Derek White has been doing pretty good for them, hasn't he? Uh, with yeah. uh, with the absence of uh, Dejounte Murray, for sure. I mean, he's gonna be a solid uh, backup point guard. He's gonna be the Terry Rozier of the team. Yeah, he's only twenty four still, so he he has plenty of time to develop into the full player. So we're just kind of still seeing glimpses. For sure, I, I think, think. What do you think about Jared Allen? You think Jared Allen has the potential to be an All Star in the future? For sure. I I didn't. Um, I wasn't a believer last year, but this year he's he's proven me that. That he is, he's literally a good player. I think he can be like a, this might be an overstatement, but kind of like a go bear. Oh, there you go. Karuoch, he, he almost got a double double. Literally, his, his season stats right now. Yeah, I nine, mean, nine and he's, ten. He's consistent, at least. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I should have mentioned this one quick time that John Collins, I, He's in my top ten players in the East, most likely. Oh, John Collins! John Collins is yeah. amazing. I wish that there was a way we could get John Collins. There's never gonna happen unless Atlanta blows up for some reason and or we give again. him like or we overpaid by a lot. Yeah, we give him Chris Paul or something stupid. But uh, I, man, yeah, John he even Collins went went great. to Wake Forest and yeah, I think uh, it wasn't King, Kenny King of the fourth quarter said. He's gonna he's gonna end up being the best forward coming out of Wake Forest ever. That's interesting. Um, he definitely has. See, again, he was the nineteenth pick. So people that say late picks, like late first rounders, don't matter. That's considered a late first rounder. He he's averaging almost a double double: nineteen point three points, nine point nine rebounds, two assists. And it's you know he's he it's a sophomore year. Okay. So. I'm just so tired of that narrative that late first round picks don't matter. No, I think, think like I said earlier, I think t- today is a lot different. Late first round picks matter today. I think back in the day, maybe you can make a case saying that they didn't. But talent, talent is just overflowing. I think that's why they're also talking about expansions now in the NBA. Talent is overflowing in the NBA. Uh, yeah. You got the Mitchell at the late first round or play. Or like Capella. Capella came out of the second round. What was it? No, Capella came in late the late first, first round. round. Okay, I was gonna say it was either the late first or, or 
early second. Yeah, it was like the 26th or 27th pick. Just like Gobert. Jimmy Butler was up there. Yeah, Draymond pick. Green was up there. Isaiah Thomas was literally the last pick in the draft. Like, Yeah. Yeah. But it all depends on their It all depends on the opportunity. Team. That's why I like David Fisdell. David yeah. Fisdell was smart because he gave opportunity to Alonzo Trier. And I think Mitchell Robinson, I think he was – he was he was scouted to to be a good rotational player, but I think he's he he's proven that he can develop into something too. Yeah, for sure. Dang, I think they I think they okay. touched the well, ball in the Nets game and then called another timeout. Oh, it's a it's a yeah something. Oh, never mind. Maybe it's a tech. I don't even know what's happening. Oh, did you hear about the bats that invaded the the stadium? Which the stadium? Spurs stadium during the game, and then oh, end of regulation. Oh, the Spurs went up two more points. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. people were screaming Manu. There was a Manu chant where the bats were flying around. That was recent. That was yeah. Recent. That was this game. This game with the the Nets. Yeah, oh, they really? had D'Lo running down that. the t- the tunnel and everything. They were they weren't trying to get him injured. I didn't see that. I remember. In 2005 or 2007, something like that. Yeah, when Manu... Swatted the bat. Yeah. That's why, yeah, I think that's why that they were uh, chanting Manu's name whenever all the bats were flying around. Yeah. They were looking for the the Terminator. That's tough that the Nets lost. I kind of, I really wanted them to win. It would have been a good win for them, for sure. It would have been a bad loss for San Antonio, though. Yeah. Just, just... Lakers and Clippers are close right now. You think uh, you think Indiana's going to stay in the playoffs without Victor Oladipo? They'll make the playoffs. I don't think they'll. Yeah, dance. I, I see. That's what I was saying. I think they're a first round exit. As sad as it is, I think, I think the Nuggets are a first round exit. No, I disagree. With I you want there. to not. I I want to not say that. I really do, but they don't have any playoff experience. Like nobody on that team other than Paul Millsap. And Michael Porter Jr. is going to be healthy around that time, but are they are they going to play a rookie for one of some of his first minutes in the playoffs? Probably not. Isaiah Thomas has some playoff experience, but I mean, I don't even know if Isaiah Thomas is going to come back anytime soon. I haven't even heard of Isaiah Thomas in forever. He's supposed to, yeah, he's supposed to come back in the next couple. Of weeks. Well, see, I'm I'm excited to see Isaiah Thomas back healthy, and I want to see MVP Isaiah Thomas back. And if he if he is MVP Isaiah Thomas, then I will take back that statement. Yeah. But I have to see the team healthy. And just the way it is right now without without the people that they don't have, I can't see them competing with any team that's in the West for a seven-game conference. I think they definitely yeah. got the, the early games, maybe one, two, and three, but I, I just can't see them keeping it up. I don't know. I disagree with you there. I think they can make the second round. Um, I still think the Clippers have a chance at, you know, getting the eighth seed. If not, they're going to be the ninth or tenth seed, just barely missing. Um, that's my view on those playoffs. I think uh, who has um, the King or not the Kings, the the Mavericks pick next year? Is that Boston? Hawks. Oh, it's the Hawks. Okay, yeah, yeah, it is the Hawks it's for the, the Trey Young deal. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's top five protected. They're more than likely not going to be top five protected. Dang! So the Hawks. I think the Hawks. The Hawks. The Hawks are. They did some good stuff. I like. I like the Hawks team. I used to hate the Hawks team, and I'm glad they did what they did. 
<laughs> I was yeah. confused when they traded Dennis Schroeder to the to the Thunder. I think they're just trying to take a different direction. That's all. Okay. Um, so thank you for listening. Again, if you want to follow us, we are called The Jump Stop. Um, we're available on all major platforms. We were joined today by Ian. His at is I underscore declare underscore Ian. I-A-N. Um, thank you once again for joining and tuning in. No problem, man. Um, Ian. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, dude. Yep, thank you. Have a good one.